0: I'm John Banther, and this is Classical Breakdown. Vivaldi wasn't the only composer to write about the seasons. Tchaikovsky did, too, and his also includes poetry. Nicole Lacroix joins me as we get into Tchaikovsky's The Seasons. It's accompanying poetic epigraphs that aren't just about the weather, but also life and traditions in Russia, all with musical examples featuring pianist Wuhan.
1: John, did you let a bird into the studio?
0: Not quite. You're right, though. That does sound like a bird. It is a bird. It's a lark. And it has to do with something we're going to be exploring and talking about here, and that is The Seasons by Tchaikovsky. Now, when you think The Seasons, of course, with music, the first thing that comes to a lot of people's minds are, well, The Four Seasons by Vivaldi. But Tchaikovsky also wrote a work called The Seasons. Now, how many seasons are in a year? Four. Four. How many movements are in this piece? 12. So, how does that work?
1: Well, there are three months to each season, right? Right. Three times four is 12.
0: And he wrote 12 pieces, and they're actually up, uh, broken up by month in January, February, March, April, all the way through December, each its own little piece. It's just a couple minutes long, each one. And it all started in 1875 when Nikolai Bernard. Uh, commissioned Tchaikovsky to write a piece, a little piece for each month that he would publish in his musical periodical, La Noveliste, a music journal that would have in the back also music that people could play. So this isn't super virtuosic, this piece, but it is hard. It's played by very advanced amateurs. Now, this is also common today right having music in the back of journals
1: i remember when i was a kid there was a a magazine called highlights for children and i used to be really excited because each month at the end there would be a piano piece right. that you could play yeah and so this is kind of the same idea and i also think of dickens you know all of his novels were serialized so everybody would wait for the next magazine to come out so they could get the next chapter in the in the Dickens novel. So it's that kind of idea.
0: And it was especially popular back then. You couldn't, uh, you wouldn't binge watch this. It doesn't all come out on Netflix in one day. It was, you know, broken up uh, by month. So Bernard asked Tchaikovsky to do this towards the end of 1875, and Tchaikovsky agreed. And it's not just music, right? There's something that accompanies the music in this journal.
1: There's a little poem before each of these, just like in Vivaldi's seasons where there's seasons where there uh, are poems. So they're really kind of evocative, almost like little haikus before each of the months.
0: Right, little poetic epigraphs, not those long sonnets that um, Vivaldi had, but very concise to the point, And sometimes, sometimes Tchaikovsky Writes in a way that oh I can definitely hear that and sometimes he goes off on his own. So for instance, the first few months he wrote ahead of time, the first couple of months without I think seeing even the poetic epigraphs, but they kind of they kind of fit there. Now there is some there's another composer that wrote a work that included all the months of the year. Do you know who?
1: I uh, can't think off the top of my head.
0: Felix Mendelssohn's sister. Fanny Mendelssohn, she actually wrote um, way before Tchaikovsky a piece called Das Jahr. And it was, of course, the year and all of the months, but it wasn't published until after Tchaikovsky. In fact, she wrote it just for herself and for friends in a letter saying, oh, this is just for home use and little things that uh, reminded me of this month, little places I would go. So they didn't know that, though, at the time when they when Bernard and Tchaikovsky went on this um, project. So let's start with. What's the first month? January. January. Good. We're off to a good start here. Uh, <laughs> we're listening to a recording here by Wuhan from Russian uh, Russian recital. She is brilliant with uh, this piece. All the little nuances are brought out. So, January. The poetic epigraph is called At the Fireside. it is. It says, A little corner of peaceful bliss, the night dressed in twilight, the little fire is dying in the fireplace, and the candle has burned out. Alexander Pushkin wrote that poetic epigraph. And here is part of January. Does that sound fireside ish to you?
1: Yeah, you could sort of see the flames. There's a certain coziness about it. So it must be really, really cold outside. So the contrast between the cold and the warm hearthside.
0: Yeah, I like the word you said uh, you used coziness because it reminds me some of this reminds me of in Dutch the word gezellig which means cozy but way more than that it's kind of like um, a feeling an idea and a whole atmosphere that kind of goes beyond the English use of coziness with all these months to me it sounds like this is cozy, but I'm not there next to the fire. Rather, I'm kind of looking through a little window. Not a window into someone's house, maybe. Not like that. But you, know, you open up a little window and you see this scene, and it's someone by this fireside. It's very um, kind of poetic and cozy in that way to me.
1: And ideal.
0: Yes, exactly. So the next month is?
1: February, and it's carnival time. And this is a poem by Piotr Vyazemsky. At the lively Mardi Gras, a large feast will overflow. Tchaikovsky has a gift, I think, of making the piano sound like an orchestra. And you can really hear it there. It's not just a little, you know, instrument in a parlor tinkling away. This is, you can actually see the Mardi Gras carnival and, you know, the procession in the streets and so forth. It doesn't sound Venetian. You know, it doesn't have that sort of sinister undertone that a lot of Venetian music has. But this is just a bunch of people getting out and having a winter carnival.
0: Right. What's also interesting in in this is that Tchaikovsky is writing for each month of the year 1876. So in 2019, Mardi Gras is in March. But in 1876, it was February 29th. So it was a leap year. And so maybe if it was another time, it would have been another month. But here, It's it's February, and you're right, you can hear Tchaikovsky's, well, he's a brilliant orchestrator, and you can hear that that sound even when just at the piano. Now, the next month, the month of March, the song of the lark, going back to that bird song we heard before, but first, the little poetic epigraph that um, precedes the piece. It goes, the field shimmering with flowers, the stars swirling in the heavens, the song of the lark fills the blue abyss. Now, we heard that? song before with with the uh, uh, of the lark. See if you can hear it in this piece of March. exactly sounding like a lark in that section but you can hear a little bit of an idea in that lower left hand sound of it so i feel like i heard a lark in this and it happens later on i'll play for you the bird song and then right after that the what i think is kind of the lark bird song in the in the music there.
1: It's perfect. <laughs>
0: that little trill that the that the bird makes and going up from from high to low. I really hear that uh, the song of the lark. And I like that he incorporated that into this too. And of course, the lark has inspired many composers like uh, Vaughn Williams, for instance. And by the way, that epigraph uh, by Apollon Mykoff, that March song of the lark. I like that he includes those kind of things in there. The first listen, I didn't quite hear it. But then I, I figured out what's what does a lark sound like? Because I don't have larks where I live.
1: (laughs) No lark ascending?
0: (laughs) No. No lark ascending or descending. (laughs) Now, that brings us to the month of April.
1: With another poem by Maycough, the blue pure snowdrop flower, and near it, the last snowdrops, the last tears over past griefs and first dreams of another happiness. Well, this sounds like there's going to be a little melancholy in the music. Remember that April has sometimes been called the cruelest month.
0: It's kind of like April, I imagine, also in Russia, where it's such a harsh, harsh winter. April is coming, and it's it's almost time for great weather and spring, but it's not quite there yet. So getting over the griefs of, of winter maybe, but it's, it's not quite spring yet.
1: And there's not always sunshine and blue sky. There's still leftover rain and maybe another snow shower. Right. And so that happiness that you're reaching for isn't quite within your reach. And
0: something with all of these pieces that Tchaikovsky wrote, they are short in length. They're not quite like a very technical etude, but they have that etude nature in that they don't have big developments. You only have a few minutes here. So we explore some distant keys and, you know, uh, theme one, theme two, but it's not uh, very, very long developed. What I like about that is you get those little melodies that you can just – that. You kind of sing, you know, they kind of, rem- you think about them throughout the day.
1: And most of them are sort of in an ABA format where you have the melody and then a little central part and then you come back with, with the melody. Yeah.
0: Now that brings us to the month of May Starlit Nights. Uh, Afanasy Fett wrote this poetic epigraph What a night, what bliss all about. I thank my native North Country. From the kingdom of ice, snowstorms and snow, how fresh and clean May flies in. It's beautiful in May. It's finally coming, and that's actually the end of um, May. That piece, and you know how it just kind of ends. When I said, you know, opening a window to a scene, and it just kind of gently closes into the into the next month. No big grandiose endings for for most of these. I imagine in the north country of Russia, it's a pretty harsh winter, and then once May is around. Um, And the weather comes out; it's just a huge relief, and everyone's happy. I remember uh, living in the Netherlands. It's, I think, we're very lucky here in the Mid Atlantic to have four seasons most of the time. We have four very nice seasons, and so you have a nice kind of transition. Sometimes I remember in Holland, you would it would be just dreary and awful for months and months and months, and then suddenly a nice day happens. It just comes in. It's a little bit warmer. It's still maybe, you know, 50 or only 60 degrees. But comparatively, with the sunshine, I mean, no one works. No one gets anything done. Everyone sits by a cafe, by the um, canals or something. If he needs to get something done, it's not going to happen on that day. So I feel like there's this um, relief of May uh, finally coming in.
1: And it comes in so gently in that piece.
0: Yes, Now, the month of June.
1: Okay, and this is probably the best known of all of these months. It's the Barcarolle. It's uh, a piece by Alexei Pleschkeyev. It says, let us go to the shore. There the waves will kiss our feet with mysterious sadness. The stars will shine down on us. What an unforgettable melody. of drifting along.
0: <laughs> and there's something a little bit, this is where I think Tchaikovsky also kind of went into, um, I'm going to write something for June and it's a Barker roll, but I'm not writing in 6-8, not this lilting, bum, 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 but rather it's a very slow, melodic 4-4 um, four, four time signature, which is not that traditional Barker roll that you'd be used to. Nicole, do you think it's something Russian, inherently Russian, of being able to portray like they're that, that shore and kind of this beautiful melody, but then also sadness kind of weaved in. A lot of writers, oh, oh, Russia, you know, they're able to portray struggle in, the, in their literature, especially poetry, and also the music. And you think of Tchaikovsky in his sixth uh, symphony. And sometimes I just feel like Russians have a really good grasp on giving you something, you know, nice and beautiful. But also, you know, hey, don't forget, there's also <laughs> struggle.
1: Yeah, they're not Italian. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> right. So from June, we get to July. This is an interesting one. The poem, the the epigraph is Song of the Reaper. And also with all of these months, when they were in the journals and these kind of magazines, it wasn't this is July, you know, dash Song of the Reaper. It was just Song of the Reaper that appeared in July afterwards when it was published as a set giving them all uh, names of the months That makes a lot more sense. So Song of the Reaper, it's very short, and it's by Alexei Koltsov. Move the shoulders, shake the arms, and the noon wind breathes in the face. ¶¶ Now, I like poetry, and with poetry, um, a lot of people that say they don't like poetry, they're often just, um, I don't want to say mistaken, but it's like you have to read it many times. You have to If you just read it once, a lot of times you're not going to get it, sometimes because the writer is kind of being a little um, esoteric for the sake of being so. But you have to read it a couple of times, and you reading it out loud really helps. I had a problem with this one, just kind of marrying it with the music. Song of the Reaper, which is kind of a dark idea, right? And, and move the shoulders, shake the arms, and the noon wind breathes in the face. So to do you, does it sound like, again, bringing back struggle in the face of struggle, you know, get moving and, you know, take it head on, you know, wind in the face?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, these, these are people working out in the fields, and they're shaking their arms, and they're probably really tired and working really hard. They're peasants or serfs. Yeah. Uh, and life is tough for them.
0: Right. And what you say peasant, Alexei Koltsov depicted in a lot of his literature, he was very passionate about depicting peasant life and peasants and the struggle so that's how I'm trying to kind of marry these two ideas here that kind of march in the face of adversity um, as you said someone who if you're a peasant you know working in the fields it's 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 very very hard work and in July I've never been to Russia so I don't know how hot it is in July maybe not as hot as the next month August but still adversity in the face of it all
1: and uh, the poem uh, also by Koltsov is uh, August, the harvest. The harvest has grown, people and families cutting the tall rye down to the root. So again, the struggle. Put together the haystacks, music screeching all night from the hauling carts. hear the the wheels turning on the carts
0: that's a fun one it's it's kind of um still with Colts off portraying the the peasant life and um moving moving forward no stopping or, or or resting or going back but always always jumping forward now the next month is september and we'll get to that in just a moment just to let you know it deals with dogs jumping around we'll get to that right after this Classical Breakdown is made possible by Classical WETA. Join us for the music anytime, day or night. To listen live, just go to our website, classicalweta.org, or download our app. It's free in the App Store. Okay, Nicole, so now we get to September. I really like this one. It's also my birthday month, so I'm happy that it kind of uh, is fun for me. And it's called The Hunt. Alexander Pushkin wrote this a poetic epigraph It is time the horns are sounding the hunters in their hunting dress are mounted on their horses in early dawn the borzois are jumping Hunt-like. I mean, you hear it right away with the horns are sounding. Almost reminds me a little bit of the Hunt String Quartet by Mozart, which starts with these um, this kind of lilting. I think it's in 12-8, so triple meter when you have that da, 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 that sound of of the horns. And here again, Tchaikovsky, like the Barker Roll, not riding in 6-8 um, for a Barker Roll here, it's still... In four four, so you have one and two and three and but then da 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 dum da 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 dum, that kind of idea with it. So we go from peasants to the aristocracy.
1: Yeah, and I'm. Always trying to listen for the dogs in that, I love the way uh, they don't just say the the dogs they say the borzois, and immediately you get the picture in your mind
0: yeah the I think it's towards the end when you have those kind of cascading and ascending lines that maybe those are the the borzois jumping up and down uh, and through <laughs> the <big> logs. dogs <laughs> yeah, big dog I mean Russia has very very big dogs um, that's a fun one, starting off very obvious with that hunt and and, and the and the horn call, not as um kind of loosely defined as some of the other ones. So that's September going into October October now. October
1: is the autumn song. Uh, The poem is by Tolstoy. Autumn, our poor garden is all falling down. The yellowed leaves are flying in the wind. And you get the impression that here we go. The weather is getting cold again. We're back for another Russian winter. leaves are flying in the wind. You can really hear
0: the stuff kind of, you know, when leaves and then they fall, they kind of go back and forth really slowly going to the ground. And you can hear that. You can hear that in there. And it ends so unresolved. Now, going into November, this is a um, poetic epigraph by Nikolai Nekrasov. It is Troika. In your loneliness, do not look at the road and do not rush out after the troika. Suppress at once and forever the fear of longing in your heart. And also it's cold. It's starting to get cold in November. So it's like, to me, very folkish, almost reminding me of something that Dvorak wrote. I can't put my, my mind on it, but especially that very high um, uh, writing in the right hand. And it's like, live your life, suppress the fear of longing. So don't dwell in, in longing and, and, and loneliness. Just keep working. Time moves even slower, of course, when you just sit and wait, right? Just kind of looking at the pot to boil.
1: There is also that figure that sounds like a sled sliding mm-hmm. on the snow.
0: And December
1: bring... Christmas by Vasily Zukovsky. Once upon a Christmas night, the girls were telling fortunes, taking their slippers off their feet and throwing them out of the gate. It's charming. It he almost goes into the Nutcracker there. It's very ballet-like, but there's a fun story. I'll read you the poem again. Once upon a Christmas night, the girls were telling fortunes, taking their slippers off their feet and throwing them out of the gate. And you found out what all this is about.
0: Yes. Yeah, so apparently, with uh, fortune telling being a big Exciting part for uh, Christmas time, this time of year for young women and girls, they would take their slippers off or boots and they would throw them over the gate and then wherever it was pointing, wherever the slipper or boot pointed, that's where their future husband would be coming from and to take it even further they would go outside after this and they would ask the first person they meet for their names and then they'd think that or the idea was that that will be the name of their future spouse which also makes me wonder uh the, the poor guy that they come across you know asking for his name maybe he's looking for a wife as well and She's like, "Oh, that's fantastic." And then runs away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or the guy who's at the party who really likes the girl runs out to the gate <laughs> and says, "Hey. Yeah, or- my name is Vasily." <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a very interesting tradition. Well, of course, shoes a tradition of Christmas time in December for a lot of cultures, I know in Dutch, um, putting in your uh, in your shoes, putting carrots and vegetables for the horses to eat, um, so that well, I guess they wouldn't maybe run off without giving you presents.
1: Or coal, of course, if you find coal in your shoe, you've been very bad. Ooh, not for me
0: this year. <laughs> So January through December, one little piece a month, a window into another time, a lot of it very cultural and year specific, which I think is a lot of fun with this, not framing it as something that is applicable to every year. It's fun to listen to, but it's also nice to understand what was happening in 1876 and also culturally. With uh, with Russia and all of these different authors portraying peasant life, and then the Troika, these emotional feelings, and then ending with a very fun waltz that to us is very familiar with Christmas time, all those ballets, the the skaters' waltz. Do you have anything else for Tchaikovsky's The Seasons, Nicole?
1: Well, it makes me want to go to Russia and experience what some of these seasons might be like.
0: Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening to Classical Breakdown. For more information on Tchaikovsky's The Seasons, go to the show notes page at classicalbreakdown.org. And if you have ideas for episodes or comments or anything at all, just send me an email at classicalbreakdown at I'm John Banther. Thanks for listening to Classical Breakdown from Classical WETA.